You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast, we are joined by Sammy Moore as she makes her midweek appearance to bless our eardrums and our countenances with her cheery disposition and her elite Utah football breakdown. We talk about her thoughts of of the Utah versus Stanford game and really what the change and the turnaround has been in this Utah football team and how it's been a a really unique team effort and a lot of what the mindset behind that is. We'll also talk about her interview with TJ Pledger, what TJ has brought to the program both on and off the field in a little bit of an evaluation as, as to what his future might be after he leaves the University of Utah. And lastly, Sammy is an expert when it comes to gymnastics. She's going to try and school me a little bit on the gymnastics roster and what we should expect from the Red Rocks as the season opens up here in just a few weeks. It's not that far away, starting in December. All that on today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast for November 10th, 2021. middle of the week edition of the Locked on Utes podcast here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Utes your first listen every day. We are free. We are available and we are on all platforms except for YouTube for the time being. Someday, I promise, someday, like I said, probably uh, it'll probably be January, you know, and I'll be dead and gone by then. So uh, it won't even matter anyways, but you'll at least get to enjoy the, the wonderful uh,ness of the fantastic, the amazing, the Ardvarkian Sammy Mora. Sammy, welcome to your Wednesday episode. How are you? I'm good. You know, every time you you give me this intro, it just it. No matter how I'm feeling, I'm like, wow, that's good. That's a good intro. It makes me feel good. So thank you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I really, I rarely ever have an idea of where I'm going with those intros, and I think. Nine times out of 10, I probably would end up in the theoretical dumpster uh, <laughs> if I didn't have somebody very capable, uh, in fact, more than capable, uh, virtually across from me. I'm very talkative with my hands tonight. Have you noticed? I'm part um, Italian, so I, I just do this by default. I had a, I had a you know, the <laughs> spiral of zucchini tonight, so I'm uh, shaking in my hand. The, like that emoji that like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The thing about it, though, and and anybody who knows somebody who's Italian, they do it like either out of habit or out of just sheer like having it forced upon them. And then you see like the Italian soccer team and they did it. And it's yeah, just, and just, it's just it's cinematic. It was cinematic masterpiece when the Italian team did it. I don't yeah, know it, where I don't I don't know where it comes from. I think it comes from my Italian side of of me. But like I just I've always talked with my hands my entire life. I, I talk with my hands, but like my my hand movements are not very Italian. They're more like uh, I don't know. Mine are a mix. Like sometimes yeah. I will do the full like Italian like hand. But other times I'm like, just what? Mm-hmm. See, this is again a time when people would be. It would be nice for people to see what we're doing because like right now we're just motioning our hands in different ways. Your background is a lot better looking than mine because you've got a lot of cool posters and flags and everything on yours. Mine is a dingy backpack that needs to be retired. Uh, but it's not going to get retired until the end of the season because somebody posted a picture of it and pointed out that it's a dance company on it. And I can't either take the dance company off of it. I can't wash the backpack, nor can I throw the backpack away until the season is over, because obviously that will become a jinx. And we don't want to jinx this team when they're on a roll like they are right now. Sammy, what was it like watching Utah football on Friday night? So to be completely honest, I missed Avion's first touchdown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed the first touchdown. I was driving home from the Corner Canyon uh, American Fort game. I'm sorry. I apologize, but I did listen to Bill Riley on the call with it. Beautiful. But I got home. I like sprinted into my house and I said, mom, turn on the TV. And she said, can do. And she flipped it over and, you know. It was really fun to watch that game. You know, there wasn't like a, you know, every, like, I feel like in most Utah games, there's always that one moment where you're like, ah, crap, like this might, <laughs> this might not end the way we all want it to. But this game there, I didn't feel that at all. 
And my mom, I love her. Shout out to Michelle. Um, she does not have the best time watching away games. Like there's just something about it that she just can't really like focus on an away game. Like she always has to be doing something because she gets like anxious and stuff. But this was, I think the first game I've seen my mom sit through the entirety and not be anxious about because that's how Utah dominated the game. Just from that first snap from Kyle Whittingham saying, we want the ball to the time the final whistle blew. This was all Utah. There was like, Stanford didn't have a shot. Stanford did not have a shot at all. They didn't. And it was really from the opening of the game that Utah ran over the Stanford defense. And I think the big question on a lot of people's mind is, is Utah this legit or is Stanford simply that bad? What do you think? I think it's a mixture, honestly. Um, Utah has had those moments where they look like they could win like everything. And I'm mainly talking about like the UCLA game a good chunk of the UCLA game and the USC game. But then you also have times like the Oregon state game, which every single like week, like ever since that game, that loss has become looking worse and worse seeing how the Beavers are doing. And then you also have games where like the first half of the Washington state game or like the first half of the Arizona state game where things were not good. So until like, I want to see how they play against like, a good team for a full like 60 minute game or six. Yeah. 60. Yeah. 60 minute game. I want to see that. And oddly enough, that's not going to be until Oregon because they're not going to have a chance to put in that against Arizona this week. Like yes, Arizona won their first game and they might have some juice in the, and some gas in the tank this week, but I don't see them as like a credible threat to Utah right now. I mean, they're on their what fourth string quarterback at this point. That's, it's not, I'm not like shaking in my boots because of it. I think what we've seen from week to week is outside of one blip on the radar against Oregon State, this team is prepared and executed at a very high level, mm-hmm. business-like, but with a, a lot of passion. And it's very different from the first few games of the season where it looked like everything that they were doing was a major drag. Uh, I don't know a better way to describe it. Um, as you've been around the team a lot, have you noticed a change in the attitude and like what? Okay. <laughs> you can, Again, you can't see my face, but it's been Cam. It has been Cam rising. Literally, I heard Makai, I think it was Makai, say on, at practice on Monday, like ever since Cam took over in that San Diego State game, this team has been completely different, which I think – every Utah fan can say that is that this team has been completely different since the moment Cam stepped into that game. And I think it, this reflects what the coaching staff should have done. This, the decision at the beginning of the season shouldn't have been Brewer because maybe if it was, if it was Cam from the beginning, we're talking about Utah being potentially top 10, top 15, maybe team in the country right now on the college football playoff pool, instead of sitting at 24 where we're at right now. So I think a lot of it's due to Cam. I think a lot of it is the team finally figuring out their identity on both sides of the ball. Because with this youth of this defense, a lot of it was, I want to say, lack of experience, a lack of live reps. Because you really think about it, you have, like they said on the broadcast on Friday night for the game, Utah has 36 true freshmen who have played this season. That is third most in all of college football. So for those mistakes that you see early in the season, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be corrected because these kids are learning. They're learning as they're going. And the offense is finally looking like they're going on all cylinders. Like I love watching Utah's offense right now because you never know what you're going to get. Cause you have games where Cam will throw for 300 yards. And then you have games like Friday where they rush for four, over 400 on the ground. And you're just like, okay, so you guys are good at both. So I muted myself again. Oh my gosh. Um, Cindy, okay. Somewhere Cindy Robinson is just tackling right now over that because I mute myself every single time we record uh, Locked on Pac-12. This team is showcasing really that they can do things in a variety of manners. I think now two weeks in a row, uh, Utah offensive linemen and or linemen group unit has shown up on Jeff Saturday's uh was it get some I think so it's on uh, get up 
Yeah, and I use the hashtag today. Even I'm what a sorry excuse I am. Hey, um, hey, don't beat yourself up. Sat him down. That's what it is. Yeah. Got it. But the reason I got caught up on the pancakes is because Dominique Foxworth was trying to eat a pancake on live TV. And then he realized you should never eat a dry pancake on live TV. Why are you like, eating a dry pancake in general? That's well, like, I mean, the segment's about pancakes. So I, I, mean, I get they, that. But at least at least have a little have a little dip and sauce of syrup. Like, well, a Nobody wants a pancake without syrup. You know what syrup is? Is when the offensive lineman slides their belly across the player after they pancake him. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Thank you for that tip. Pancake with syrup. So I like that. Also I'll known as that. a smoothie. I, I think there's variations across different offensive line units. Uh, but I think that's really, we talk so much about Cam and what Cam's been able to do. And really what I think Cam has allowed is he's allowed this offensive line to develop, to develop some continuity. And now they are, I think they're, they're destroying defenses. They are. They, it's very much like a, all right, who's going to end up on their back this time kind of situation with snaps. Like I, I'm just giddy with joy thinking about like, I, I know some people might be a little hesitant to see cave on Thibodeau versus this offensive line. And I know we're, we're kind of jumping ahead in the schedule, but I am honestly excited to see this offensive line versus Thibodeau because of how good he is. And I think that's going to gauge where this offensive line is at. And like, I'm not the, I'm not the best evaluator of offensive line talent. Um, That is very much you, but I still think that this offensive line has vastly improved from where they were week three to where they are now. You know, you have two offensive linemen who have gotten Pac-12 offensive linemen of the week. And then you had, you had, and I also think it kind of goes back to Cam a little bit because Cam is not a pocket passer. He is not that like pro style quarterback. Like he is a dual threat. Like he will tuck it and run if he needs. And I think that has also helped this offensive line because they know, like, cause Charlie wasn't that Charlie Brewer wasn't that he was more of a, I'm going to sit in the pocket and go down with this ship kind of dude, in my opinion. And I think that cam is very much like, Hey, like I got to get, I got to dip so that I can like, at least try and not make this a loss. I think the evolution of quarterbacks is we have what's called platform passers and off platform passers and platform is the guys who stand up straight. They have to get very stable in their base Mm -hmm. and they have to throw off that platform that they've built with their body and replicate it every single time with their throwing motions. And I don't think that cam necessarily needs that. Although I do think we've started to see his accuracy wander just a little bit the last few games. And so I think there's some, you know, some mechanical stuff that he can correct and, and work on and continue to do. Uh, Charlie's biggest problem is that he was just not used to having to sit back there for multiple seconds and wait and wait and wait and then throw. He's used to knowing pre-snap exactly where he goes, exactly where he needs to go, and can put the ball on the spot immediately with short yardage routes and, and quick routes and, and things like that. Utah offense is designed differently. I do think the bigger thing um, – is that, like you said, Cam can move out of the pocket. He can move in the pocket. He can move around in the pocket. He can create a new pocket with his legs. And I think the perfect example is the fact that he hasn't been sacked, and I believe it's the last four games. Yeah. I should probably uh, chart this. Um, What, as you watched Utah against Stanford, what, um, you know, other than just the fact that they got blown out of the water, what was it like? What stood out, I guess, the most to you in terms of Utah, how they played? I mean, was there anything specific other than, I mean, it's hard. The biggest thing is, like, we've all known that there's been times where Wit has taken the, the pedal off the metal. And he's like, he's like, okay, we're up by, like, 24. Let's, like, start easing off the gas. Like, and I think he's finally realized that in the Pac-12, especially, you can't do that. If you're going to run with the big dogs, you need to make sure you have that pedal to the metal the entire time. And like, yeah, like he got to the point where he put Jaquindon Jackson in and we saw Chris Curry get some reps. We saw some of the younger guys and the, like the guys who were getting less reps in the game. But that wasn't until like it was beyond the point of return for Stanford. And I think that's a big thing from a coaching standpoint, because we've all seen whip blow leads and that is never fun to watch. But I think overall, I think one of the big things is like how 
dynamic a lot of these Utah playmakers are, specifically Devin Lloyd. Yeah, I know we all know Devin's Devin, but like that game for him was probably one of my favorite games of him as a Ute. He was very impactful with every play. I think there were a lot of plays where it stood out that he was the guy making the play, and that can be you know I compared to the second half of UCLA where he can he you know he did make a lot of plays and, and put up some pretty big numbers. I think that's really impressive. Uh, I don't know for me personally. This this game for him was was outrageous. I think the interception will go down in in Utah lore, uh, but I think the sack off for me is going to be one that that will always live down as one of my favorite Devin Lloyd moments. Mm-hmm. I think as we look at this team, there are a lot of obvious examples of, of good play. I think Devin Lloyd is one of them. I think we talk a lot about Cam Rising. We talked a lot about Tavion Thomas uh, and, and others around uh, the team. I want to talk uh, on the flip side about somebody else that we really haven't broken down too much. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on Utes is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Sammy and I are both loving it right now. Very much so. You know what else I'm loving right now, Sammy? Huh? Hunting through the G5 to find guys for my prize picks. <laughs> Daily Fantasy made easy. We talk about it a lot. Uh, last week, I believe we talked about you being a possible kicker. Yeah. Didn't work out for you. Yeah. You know, ham, Sorry? hammy injuries, you know. Mm. Mm. Those are never fun to have. No, no. <laughs> stretch your hammy, stretch your quads, gang. Yeah, get your stretches do a couple, in. Do a couple squats, guys. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to need to be limber and loose for prize picks. They're a daily leader in college sports fantasy. They offer more college for- football props than anybody in the world. And they have all the star players of the Power Five, which super boring, if in my opinion. Go hunt down some of those G5 names. Uh, we talked about uh, the running back from Marshall. That's currently second or, or tied with... Uh, Tyler Algier for the most touchdowns in in F F F FBS F- FBS yeah. yeah it should be easy to remember because they're alphabetical. Um, <laughs> Just acronyms they throw you off. Not good with that or scuba. You know, damn <laughs> damn you, scuba Steve. Uh, <laughs> But Prize Picks offers you any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. That's why you want to go to the G5 level, because you can mix and match. You can do whatever you want, and you can play against those numbers, and you can win against the numbers. All you have to do is go to uh, prizepicks.com or go to the app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Make a deposit, and Prize Picks will match that deposit up to $100, 100%. I'm not good at math, Sammy. But I think 100% means double. Yeah, it I didn't. Doubles your I money. Didn't, yeah, I'm also not good at math. You know, that's why I was a communications major. Oh, yeah. It's very familiar. So you just use that promo code locked on. Uh, pick your two to five players. Uh, like I said, mixed sports entries. So now that college basketball is going, you can do that with college football if you want. Safe and offers fast withdrawals. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's the biggest reason that you need to go to betonline.ag right now. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action remaining this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite games that you play at your favorite Vegas casino when you go to watch the Pac-12 championship game. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts back again here on the locked on youths podcast here on the locked on podcast network as always thank you for making locked on Utes your first listen every day free and available on all platforms subscribe or follow or do whatever it is that you need to do to be a part of the action on your favorite platform i know sammy is a big fan of spotify so am i uh down with apple podcasts after the update I my mom uses Apple Podcasts because she doesn't have Spotify, so like I'm used to it. But like Spotify all the way. 
I set up Spotify for my parents. Uh, my father listens to music on it, but never podcasts. My mom listens to nothing uh, but music on it. So she she's stuck into her Apple podcast ways. I think that's the thing about it. And that's why you kind of have to have these things on everything is so that people, you know, whatever one they like, they get to use it on. Very excited to see what my number one podcast is for this year on my wrapped my spotify wrapped. yeah see there's another endorsement for spotify wrapped if i were to ask you what you thought the number one play on tj pledger's wrapped playlist would be what do you think it would be i don't know probably something like i i should know this i listen to so much music and like everything that i should have like an idea but honestly it's something it has to be something like hip hop, like something that's like like to the house, like to the bank. What's that YG song? I don't Big know, bank. but I, if there's Big a rap bank. song, there you go. Big Bank. Big that's Bank by one. YG. That's like that's it. I think it's that one. OK, I think it's a 96 yard touchdown run for a school record against Stanford, in my opinion. But. The good news is you don't have to take my word for it because Sammy actually got to talk to TJ Pledger uh, after practice on Monday, I believe. Correct? Yeah, it was a it was a scrum. Um, all three of the running backs were requested, which came as a surprise to no one. But Tavion was unavailable. He had some school stuff come up, and Makai, I want I just wanted to talk to TJ. But yeah, um, you know, it's kind of impressive to set the school record for the longest rush like from scrimmage like 96 yards you know that's not like we'd seen a, like a 99 yard touchdown pick six in the farm before for utah with jalen johnson doing it um but this was special um i love what tj asked what what was tj was said he said after i got past the safety i kind of looked and just realized it was me in this corner left and then it was me in the jumbotron that <laughs> is fantastic <laughs> That is some good high quality content right there. It's like thank you, TJ. Um, the, also, I don't think it's talked. It's like I understand like that ninety six yards was like a huge chunk of his like yards he put up. He put up one hundred and seven yards on just four carries, and I understand like that ninety six yards was like a huge chunk of that because like one hundred and seven minus ninety six is like not that much. But that run was magnificent. I remember watching it and I was like, oh, 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 he's gone. Like it was, I did get a little worried when that corner came like swooping in on like the two yard line. I was like, oh God, is he going to get tackled? But then he just high stepped out of it. And I was like, good for you, TJ. Good for you. He did. And I thought it was the kind of run that showcases a lot of the skill set that he has. And I don't think the other thing too with TJ is, is, you know, he's been overshadowed by the fact that they have Tavion Thomas and, and Makai Bernard. He's currently third on the team in rushing, uh, but he has 383 yards on 44 carries. He averages 8.7 yards per rush. He has 30. He has three TVs and averages about five carries a game and, and 45 yards, give or take. It, it's not like he's just out there kind of slumming along and this was just a blow up play for him. I think he's had a really solid season and maybe given some circumstances where the offensive line was a little bit more refined and a little bit more connected early on, I think he probably could have done a lot more damage, but he's still really efficient as a running back. Eight yards a carry is almost a first down. That's It's huge, and I think he's a good, like, I've, all three of the running backs at Utah do very vastly different things. And I think that, yes, we all love Tavion and him going downhill on defenders but pledger is a very like sneaky like not sneaky good but like we all know he's good but he's he a sneaky has, strong runner he's, is what that's he is. What I, yeah he's strong like he's he, like he can get it like like that stiff arm like you he's like you saw him get to like the linebacking like level and he just stiff armed that dude and that dude was in the dirt like that is a feat to be able to like push down a defender that way and then not break stride and just keep on going huge. Um, and I also, I think that if Tavion would have still struggled, like Tavion figured out his, his issues like early, if Tavion would have struggled still, I think TJ would have eventually figured out his way and found out and became the number one back at Utah. I just think that's kind of, just how it is. I personally see Makai as more of a, like, if he got moved to slot, I wouldn't be shocked. And running him, like, as a Britain Covey type thing, because 
he can catch balls better than I think the two of than Maca- or than TJ and Tavion, and he's able to have that edge speed to get downhill fast. Yeah, Makai Bernard has 18 receptions for 151 yards. He's averaging about eight yards per catch, about 17 yards a game in one TD. Uh, but he's also running the ball extremely well with 400 yards this season. I don't think we're going to hit the uh, the goal that I set for my running backs of having 2,000 yard rushers. Uh, but yeah, I don't Utah, think that's. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, and it's oh no, it's it's disappointing. You know, I'm not gonna lie, but we'll we'll get through it and and we'll keep living our lives uh, because that's what we do as Utah fans. Um, tell me a little bit more about TJ Pledger's approach and 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 just how he's approached this season. So he said that the team's playing at like a high level right now. Um, Cam's leading the way, and they're feeling good. And he says that even though they like had that blowout win last week, there's still room to improve and get better. And I think that's something that we talked about last week with Dalton Kincaid and how Dalton said, we can't get complacent right now. And I think it's really good to see that it's not just like one player that's saying like, we can't do this. Like everyone on this team is like, we still need to get better because if they want to get to the Rose bowl, they need to get like, they need to like keep getting better because the PAC 12 is such a roller coaster of a conference. You never know what team you're going to see on a Saturday, any, if any given day, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, whatever day. Um, I also, because I brought this up last week, how Utah has had some struggles on the road this season, but the one thing that Utah hasn't struggled with on the road is sending fans is getting fans into these visiting stands with the exception of the BYU game. Almost every single road venue that the youth have played at has been nearly empty or like very close to like not full. And the people who were there were Utah fans. And TJ said, it's amazing to have all these fans there and hearing them louder than the home team. And it was big and that he just wanted to thank the fans for that. And everything is going the way you want it to go and everything is going good. And I, I just want to salute the Utah fans because, you know, we people bag on Utah fans for not filling the stands at Rice Eccles fast enough, but those fans will travel. And it's good, especially for like a team, like a Utah team that's like been through a lot. It has. And I think that's a credit to TJ for saying something that sat, uh, savvy and complimentary because he comes from a university in, in Oklahoma that really does have a lot of fans and, and I I assume travels well even if they don't really have to travel because they have so many fans that are kind of latch on uh, types. Um, what else did he have to say about the team's mindset through November? Championship November. And I think that's huge. Um, you see Utah fans talking about it on Twitter buying their tickets to the Pac-12 championship games and I think you know, it used to be Utah struggles in November and now it's Utah struggles in December. And they're trying to keep everything in house and focus on dominating championship November. Again, going back to that be one and oh each week mentality. And that's the reason for their success this season, is what he said. It's because they have been able to focus on one game at a time and not jumping ahead in the schedule. Because in years past, we would have had a Utah team that looks at an Arizona team that has won their first game since 2019 and be like, oh, well, it's just going to be easy. Let's just start focusing and prepping for Oregon. But I don't think this Utah team's like that. They are very much like a let's focus one day at a time, take nothing for granted, and let's just go out and play football and do our thing. And I think that's really refreshing to see, honestly, this year. I agree, and I think this team's mindset is really focused in. Uh, how did you, you know, like, was this your first time talking to TJ? Yeah, this actually was. Like, I've wanted to talk to him for a while, but, like, I've always had, like, other people I've, like, because on average I'll talk to one to two players every day um, just to, like, feel how things are going, and I hadn't talked to TJ yet. And this was, he's he's a very well-spoken kid, very savvy he knows how to phrase things in a different way than other people. And I don't know if that comes from his big 12 background or what it is, but he was a, he was a, he's a good kid to talk to. I liked it a lot. I had a good time. That seems to be a really major theme is, <laughs> and it's a word that I can't, there's no a-holes on this team. Like, no, everybody's there's not. a good interview. Yeah. And some guys are different. Good. Like Vontae Davis, like, <laughs> he's kind of, He's kind of in a different atmosphere. 
We'll yeah. put it that way. But he's still kind of a fun interview because he's a very creative talker. You know, he and is. it's a creative talker because a lot of us use typical uh, nomenclature and terms and, and verbiage and whatnot. And he's kind of out in his own wilderness creating phrases. Jordan Clarkson-esque. Yeah, it comes from all these kids' different backgrounds because you have, you just, this team is so diverse. You just, everyone has their own thing. And Vontae, like, Vontae, I've interviewed him a couple of times and sometimes I'm like, I feel like I got nothing from this because of how, like, short sentences he gives and stuff. But other times I'm like, that was a really good interview. But this whole team, like, very well spoken from the freshmen all the way up to the seniors. Like, it is a... They know what they want. They know how to get it across and they don't want it to come across like what they're trying to say and what they're trying to get to the media. And they know how to say it so it doesn't get twisted around and taken out of context, which is something that is very important. It is, especially nowadays where everything can get misread and misinterpreted, especially because we have so many different medium versions that that things can get thrown out on that don't Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily phrase that um any final thoughts on on getting to talk to tj pledger i just i i had a good time you know you know being in those scrums sometimes you feel like you're like a little bit overwhelmed because like there's so many people and you just don't know where questions are going to come from but he's a good kid i i think he has a very good um he has a his, i think his future's bright you know I he's a good back. He's a good relief back for Tavion when Tavion needs to take a break. You you slap TJ in there and it's almost like Tavion's not out there. And I think I enjoy watching him play. I think he's he's quickly rising up, up my board of like favorite Utah players on the current team. Like Cammy's rising. Get out. Get out. I didn't need this. I'm leaving now. I didn't need this at 9.30 at night <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> Don't break the fourth wall, Sammy. People can't know that we record this the night before. We've never said this, that we, on a podcast. We, we've said this many times. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> nice SNL reference. I appreciate that. But it's a good... I liked I like TJ. He's he's a good back. I think he's a good interview and I think he's a good person. So agree on all accounts. And I think he came to Utah looking for an opportunity to get the ball and, and get showcased a little bit more. I don't know that he's necessarily found that like he hoped he would. Um, he's put in the work, he's continued to stay positive. And I do think that he's shown enough to to warrant a camp invite. And really, guys like him, change of pace backs are all the rage in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see him get an opportunity somewhere. And and bigger than that, I think what's really unique is I think Utah is getting to the point now where teams will take a chance on a Utah guy that they won't uh, won't normally. And I think we're starting to see that that's paying off for certain dudes. Tim Patrick. Timmy Patrick, yeah. Not, like just blowing up. And it's like the, the adoration that Denver Broncos fans – have for him is is really impressive i think some of it just because he comes from such a humble background and now he's going to get that get that check and and don't get paid he deserves it i loved him nothing but best for that kid like i loved him i love him i think he's a great example of of staying with it and and you know keeping after it and working hard Mm -hmm. i think that's part of the reason why he has had success after utah i think tj pledger echoes that in in spades you know what else Mm -hmm. is a good example of what happens when you continue to work hard what the deliciousness of a built bar wow (laughs) Mm, you didn't see that coming did you sammy just like you didn't see that a a protein bar meaning a bar with a lot of protein can actually taste like a candy bar uh if you haven't tried a built bar by now you're the one that's missing out uh, it has up to 18 grams of protein, five grams of sugar or less, depending on the flavor. It really does have a soft, chewy, candy bar-like taste to it, a variety of flavors. They've got the coconut brownie uh, crumble right now. That is one of my favorites. If you like coconut, I highly recommend that one. There's also the variety box that you can go through. Nine different, nine different, different, uh, nine different (laughs) flavors: coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. Which of those sounds like it'd be the most appealing to Sammy Mora? Um, Well, I've had the cherry before. I like that one. The cook is. Did you say there's a cookie dough one? Yes, cookie dough chunk. 
Yeah, that probably that one. I'm a I'm a very much a sucker for a cookie dough, whether it's like a cookie dough ice cream or like actual cookie dough. Like I do enjoy it. It is delicious, just like all the rest of the Bill Bars. And they're releasing all sorts of different flavors, sometimes up to uh, three or four um, during the month. So go to build.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode of Locked On Youths is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where you go to reconnect with friends, a place where you can go to study with your fellow students, and always had dependable Wi-Fi while sampling the cuisine of McFlurries and French fries, the best study foods available. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or away team can come to recharge, and a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It, for me, actually became like an embassy. I uh, served an LDS mission overseas in Ukraine, and every single time I saw a McDonald's, it was like a reminder of home. They were always the best, the cleanest, the most inviting restaurants, and every single time I stepped in there for my 20-cent ice cream cone it was like going back home for just a minute those are just one of those uh, positive experiences that i've had at mcdonald's and every single time i go there reminds me of those good times without a doubt so head to your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect did somebody say locked on youth's watch party you bet we did i'm loving it wrapping things up here on the locked on youth's podcast joined by the Fantabulous, Sammy uh, Ardvarki and Mora. That's a that's a different one. Fan, mm, fan, yeah. yeah, that's that was a good it's, one. We're we're hitting the end of the tracks here. We're about to go off into the Hilldale Ravine. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hoping that Doc Brown flies up here with his magic skateboard to get us up to eighty eight, so we can uh, time travel into some better examples of how great Sammy Mora is. But I think we're going to showcase one right now that that's really going to knock people's socks off. And that's, you are going to explain to us how to gymnastics, because I've now had to talk about gymnastics for a year on this podcast. And I have to admit, I, I like gymnastics. I root for the gymnastics team. Clearly. I understand that there are thousands of people out there that are deeply invested in gymnastics. I don't understand it. All I see is just these very athletic, talented, uh, charismatic women flipping all over the place. And it looks like things that I can neither do nor understand. Well, where do you want to start? Because there's honestly a lot. Let's Not start, a lot, but like, but like a lot. <laughs> let's start with this roster for the University of Utah and and who, where the strengths are and 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 what's coming up or what's coming in new. So, this roster, honestly, in my opinion, is probably the most talented roster the Red Rocks have had. Um, with the COVID eligibility freeze, you know, we had three seniors last year: Sydney Solosky, Alexia Birch, and Emily LeBlanc. And two out of those three came back. Emily decided to step away. She's actually, I think, an assist, like a like a, a volunteer assistant coach on the team or something this year, which I saw coming. She kind of had she had a rough season. She ended up getting pulled out of the beam lineup by week two, and she only competed on bars, and it was just kind of a mess. Um, but Sydney Slosky and Alexia Birch both came back, both of which to the joyous cheers of Utah fans. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sydney Slosky is basically she's our floor queen is what they call her. Um, girls averaging like I think a 9.9, 9.25 on floor, which scoring in gymnastics is out of 10. So if you're averaging like a 9.9 or 9.925, that's pretty insane. Um, you also have um, the sophomore class is now the June senior class. I always call them the sophomore class because they were like my first class that I ever covered with Cammie Hall, who really came into her own last year on vault specifically. Beautiful. Crystal Issa, who is by far one of the bubbliest people I have ever met. Crystal was always smiling. She was one of the first interviews I ever did. Fantastic. Love her. Um, you have who else? Adrian Randall, very quiet, but she will um, slaughter you on the beam. 
Um, and then who else is in that class? I'm trying to think. I'm scrolling through the roster. That's this is it. the kind of this is the kind of content that I need. Is what events do they excel at? So that's actually so this Utah team. You have Alexia Birch, who you see mainly on. She really blew up on bars last year. Like it was huge. Like her bar season was fantastic. Um, she was on beam in every single meet and she was a starter. So she was in the rotation, the top six for vault and beam. And she competed on bars 12 times. So she's kind of like a, those three events. Um, we're just going to go through the roster. Kara Eaker, you know, Olympian um, Kara Eaker. She's going to be on the beam most likely for Utah, a lot of these lineups are going to still be, it's kind of like, you never know what's coming out of a Utah gymnastics lineup until you see the lineup sheet. Um, Jaylene Gilstrap, she missed a good majority of the season last year after she had sol- shoulder surgery. Um, but again, fantastic beam worker and also very fun floor routine. I loved watching her floor routine before she got hurt. Cammy Hall is basically one of our best vaulters on the team. I love watching her. Um, that's probably like the only place we'll see her this year. Um, Jillian Hoffman, again, was hurt majority of last year with a couple different injuries, but she is a bars worker. Crystal Issa is an all-arounder, so that means you'll see her on vault, floor, beam, and floor, but beam and bars are her best thing. I made a hot take last year that Crystal Issa was going to get a 10 on bars. Didn't happen, but she was very close multiple times. Um, Grace McCallum. You know, the Olympian as well. That name should sound familiar to all Utah fans. Again, from England? No, she's actually from Minnesota. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you, jump, you jumped in the roster, one person. <laughs> um, but Grace is an all-arounder, too. Um, I would, I, she's going to be on vault, I know for sure, because Utah is desperately needing to step up their vault lineup. Now, here comes, now you can bring in the British accent for the first time because there's two Brits on the team. Um, but Emily Morgan from the British national team. Yes. So, and yes. that's, I got her and Grace mixed up because they were both in the Olympics, correct? Yeah. We have four, we have three Olympians total on this Utah team. You have Kara Eaker, Grace McCallum, and Emily Morgan. If Michaela Skinner would have come back, it would have been four. But, Emily was a shock because she was originally committed to Cal, I think. And then she like flipped her commitment at the last minute and came to Utah. So good for her. Um, then kind of because Michaela Skinner decided to, to exit the program permanently. Correct. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure about that one, but it did open up a spot because they were holding a spot for Michaela. So with Michaela announcing, she's not coming back, opens a spot. Emily's maybe looking to come somewhere else and she comes to Utah, which is fine with me because she won a bronze medal in Tokyo, which helps this team. Um, then everyone should also know Miley O'Keefe, you know, she's kind of the do it all. Like if you say, if you want to put it in football terms, she's the Devin Lloyd of this team. She is the do it all or, you know, she scored a couple perfect tens last year on beam. Um, that's, that's where Utah really thrives is the beam, which is something if you would have told me five years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. But this Utah team's insane on beam. Abby Paulson, again, fantastic beam worker. Adrian, fantastic beam uh, worker. Jaden Rucker, this girl on floor, do yourself a favor. Go back and watch her floor routine from last year if you didn't see it. It is so fun. It is high pace. It is fun. She's flipping all over the place, and it's great. Um, Alani Sabado, a bar worker for Utah. Sydney Solovsky, we already talked about our um, beam or our floor queen. Lucy Stanhope, our other Brit on the team. Um, from she does Warrington. A, yeah, Warrington. She does a nice little um, teacup thing on her, like when she does her beam routine. I want to see she and Bam Olasheni do the the pinkies. Yeah. Oh yeah, sometime. I think that'd be fantastic, especially because she's five four and he's like six twelve. It seems like. Yeah. I think 12. that would, yeah, 612. <laughs> Very accurate. Very accurate. I know that would be funny. And then rounding things out with Sage Thompson, who's the other freshman in this class. She's actually a local girl. She's from Lehigh. Um, she's kind of, again, a, she's a bars champ, which is what we need on this team. Um, but yeah, that's a quick roster outlook. I recommend you guys go familiarize yourself with that because there will be a test. Just kidding. There will. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, all tests will be submitted via Sammy, so you can get her uh, on Twitter and take that test. Um, she's a tough grader. Very difficult. Very tough. Intimidating. Very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, very. Good introduction to to how this gymnastics team is, is kind of set up, and I think we'll continue to break it down week by week as, as we get closer and closer to gymnastics season. I do want to point out the fact that in my Uneducated. First, I, I want to apologize for accusing for uh, for confusing Grace and, and Emily. I'm sure that people out there are going to uh, be banging down my door with pitchforks, <laughs> and and understandably so. Uh, but I, as I look at the schedule, the match that stands out to me the very most is January 14th. Oklahoma comes to town, and uh, Oklahoma traditionally a very highly rated program. Oh, Sammy's got. I'm dance so for this excited. One. I love. I'm. I have been waiting. There's two. There's three matches. There's three meets on this schedule that have me like bursting at the seams, and the first is the Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma has won so many national championships in the last five years. They kind of fell off last year. Um, struggled at times they had a bunch of people leave and i think this year it's going to be really interesting to see oklahoma because um they're like best gymnast anastasia webb she was a senior last year so she was given a COVID year but she said no thanks so it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound without her um that's going to be a top five that's a top five matchup that's even a top three depending on where we sit after the first week ucla is always a heated match between utah um UCLA kind of struggled last year ever since Valerie Kono's field stepped away from the program. They've kind of floundered. Um, they didn't make it to um, regionals, I think for the first time since 2001, which is like huge for this, pro- for UCLA, because, you know, they're the big dogs competing with Utah in the PAC 12. Um, and the last is the LSU meet. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for that one. Get out of town. Get out of town. (laughs) I just think it's the fact that Utah Gymnastics is able to schedule some of these premier top 10 programs to come to Salt Lake to compete is huge. Even though this LSU meet will be in Death Valley next year, LSU will be at the Huntsman and we will be. Oh, wait, we were at Oklahoma last year. So we'll be Oklahoma here. LSU away, and then next year, LSU at home. So, nice home-and-home deals. A lot Um, of exciting things upcoming for uh, Utah Gymnastics. It's going to be a very fun uh, season. And thankfully, we'll have Sammy on along with us. Have Sammy on with us, and we'll go along for the ride with her as she talks about gymnastics. A lot of you out there are likely more knowledgeable than I am, so this should be very entertaining for you. It's fun. Like I will say to all those people who are hesitant about gymnastics and are probably like, maybe like you're like maybe making breakfast right now or something like gymnastics is such a fun sport to watch. Um, There is a lot of like rules and stuff involved, but at the end of the day, there's not the rules in gymnastics are there's about the same as many as there is in football. And if you can understand a football rules, like I'm pretty sure you can understand gymnastics. Um, I, my family has season tickets. I, when I was younger, I wanted to go. And my dad was like, okay, I guess we'll go. Not really knowing what to expect or if he would like it. Now my dad loves going up there. It's some of the best like athletic feats you'll see. If you want to see someone do something fantastic, watch Sydney Skolowski do her double layout. That kills me every time because she just holds perfectly flat, like perfectly straight. And it's just flipping around. You said double layout, and the first thought that came to my mind was laying out at the pool both morning and afternoon. So See, I'm I going wish. to have to learn what a double layout looks like. Uh, but that being said, I'm excited to watch some gymnastics with you, Michelle Bodkin. Both of you do a great job at UteZone.com covering it. And sit and uh, Sammy, not well, Sydney does a great job of doing double layouts, uh, which I'm going to learn exactly how that goes. Um, it does make sense that one would want to be parallel when laying out, especially doubly. Um, yeah, she just spins around. Just that—that that alone is, it earns them all the credit in the world with me because uh, that much spinning would make the old uh, Brian Bear, uh, Brown Bear Brown, really sick. So. Also, they do flips on a four, a three to four inch wide beam, metal beam that is four feet off the ground. 
Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, 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 like the curb, like story. picture the curb, like the curb on like four foot, like high. No, 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 the curb is wider than four inches. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a little bit smaller than a curb then. Yeah, so a little bit smaller than a curb, four feet off the ground doing flips. They're and basically spins. doing flips on two by fours. So. Yeah, basically. Anyway. Thank you so much, Sammy, for the breakdown and for joining us on today's episode of the Locked on News podcast. Where can the folks find your work and what do you have coming out? Um, you can find me at twitter.com slash or yeah. Yeah. S underscore Mora 99 on Twitter. I make fun memes. I have hot takes. I will put all of them on there for you to enjoy. Um, you can find my stuff on utzone.com. I should have a preview story about the Utah Arizona match coming out or meet game. Game? game yeah game yeah I, i'm in gymnastics mode now you started me talking about gymnastics i call it a meet I get it. um gymnastics or football meet match game sorry <laughs> football game coming out i should be out on friday um and then i will be at some high school football semifinal games on friday so i'll have content for that coming up from the salt lake tribune um i don't think that's i think that's it i think yeah i think that's it the wonderful, the amazing, the fantastic Sammy Moore joining us. We are going to have Cole Bagley up tomorrow. Woo, woo, woo. We'll recap the Utah basketball game as they defeated Abilene Christian. I'm sure there are people who are out there like, why didn't you talk about basketball? Um, so part of part of it was because like the game was still kind of going on as we were recording number one, number two. Uh, Sammy's expertise is is gymnastics, and I wanted to talk about gymnastics, so that's what we're going to do. But we've got plenty of time to break down the basketball game tomorrow with Cole. We'll also break down more of Utah versus Arizona and uh, likely make fun of Sammy on that. No, we wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Just kidding. <laughs> we I'm all just... know that when it's the three of us together, Cole is the one that gets made fun of. Yeah, it's like it's like a newest Ute Zone member. Like mm -hmm. he's bottom like, of the totem pole. Yeah, I'm he's like, a rookie. I'm like above, I'm a little bit above him because I was hired before him. You were, yeah. So not he wasn't even like he wasn't even the, in the program when you were. Uh, you're a crafty veteran of the media game. Cole is. Uh, he's Cole's a new young gun. He's yeah. a young gun. This is his first in person season. Yeah. With media, so he's like his first program. He was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, you just. Wedge your way in there, bud. Doing his job. Sammy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a reminder that if you're betting on, uh, you know, Sammy kicking the ball out the out the, out the, uh, through the uprights, you're going to want to listen to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, available on all platforms. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for November 10th, 2021. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.